Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Uh, not going to preach long, but I want to take just a few minutes to, to share my heart with you today as we talk about listen, Jesus came to set us free. Boy. Now you, now you know why we're moving to 10 o'clock. Hallelujah. I love you guys. I said, Jesus came to set us free. I preach better when you preach a little bit to me, okay? Just get that right now, okay? You guys pull it out of me. And some of you are just still half asleep. So I'm saying Jesus came, Harold, to set us free. And we are not, a lot of times we are not very aggressive about our freedom. We just kind of sit back and take stuff as it comes along. But you know, I got excited when I found out this week that the first sermon that Jesus ever preached in Luke chapter 4 had to do with this exact thing. So if you got your notes there, by the way, in the bulletin, you'll see changes, man. Everybody, we're in a season of change right now. So just get ready. You, you, you can pull it up online, but in your bulletin there, if you'll open it to about the third or fourth page, you'll see some notes that go along with this today. To give you the scriptures. You can make your own notes. As well as if you go to version, you can follow the electronic version of it. It's got a little bit more in, uh, in our lives. But you know, there are a lot of things in our lives that can capture us. Well, Jesus wants us to be free and make us feel like we're in prison. I want you to declare with me in this house today. Everybody say this. It's time, it's time for a jailbreak. For a jailbreak. <laughs> God, never, God never intended for us to be held in prison behind bars of any kind. Glory be to God. And that means our kids too, Pete. Man, Lord have mercy. It's time for a jailbreak. You know, and some of us are, we're held, listen, we're held captive by guilt. We're held captive by fear. We're held captive by worry. We're held captive by grief. We're held captive by discouragement, disappointment, depression. It can be lust. It can be anger. It can be bitterness. It can be jealousy. It can be bad habits. It can be addictions. There are all kinds of things that can keep us in prison, but I've got good news for you this morning. Somebody say good news. news. Say it with me this morning. The gospel gospel is good news. Jesus came to set us free from everything that would hold us down or hold us back from everything that God has for us in Jesus. Did you hear what I said? That's why Jesus came. And Jesus' first sermon is found in Luke chapter 4. Let's look at it. Jesus came to help people make a jailbreak. In fact, we'll back up a little bit and we'll start in in verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to to Galilee. And news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. Boy, I spent, we spent a lot of time in Israel the last few years in the Galilee region. Man, that's awesome. Those of you who have been there with us know that. He taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. We've been there. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus is going to stand up in church, and he's going to preach his first sermon. And here's what he said. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to free us out of captivity from everything that the enemy is holding us in bondage to. Freedom has always been God's heart for you and me. Amen. I want somebody to say freedom. Freedom. Amen. Thank you. I I heard somebody say it like they meant it. Glory be to God. It's kind of like that movie. um, Ah, thank you. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Freedom! Man, I'm like, it came, it rises up from the inside of him. He really, and listen, in the spirit, there needs to be something rising up on the inside of you today that says, in some areas of my life, Devil, you better hear this. God's got better for me than this. And I'm not going to live this way any longer. Amen. Oh, my God. I said, God's got something better for me than this, and I'm not going to live this way any longer. Can I get an amen up in this house today? That is God's will and God's desire for all of us. You know, we forget in John 8, we quote it, but we forget what it says. In John 8, chapter, uh, ch- chapter 8, verses 32 and 36, it says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in Me, in My Word, and My Word abides in you, you are My disciples indeed. What's this? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I said the truth will make you free. See, when you begin to discover the truth about God in any area of your life, it brings freedom. You begin to cross boundaries that you didn't cross before. You begin to have understanding you didn't have before. You begin to discover that, my God, I have been living my life below the level that God intended for me to live. And God wants to bring freedom to our lives today. Freedom from every bondage. Freedom from every attack. The Son, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. What's this? Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free. That means you won't just be free a little bit. You're going to be free a lot. Now, see, that's, that's what we've discovered in this house. And that's why we come in here and worship Michael like we do. That's why you see you got a preacher up here that's in his 60s praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Just joy, unspeakable, full of glory coming up. You know why? Because I discovered when the Son made me free, I was free indeed. I mean, I didn't get free a little bit. I got free a lot. I mean, when I got set free, I got set free. When I suddenly realized God is not holding my sins against me, that the grace of God is not enough, it's more than enough. I got excited and I got free indeed. That's what church ought to be like. Somebody say amen. amen. Wow. <laughs> we worship like we're alive. We worship like we're forgiven. We worship like God loves us. And we worship like we've been set free. Amen. Look at somebody right now by you and say, are you free? <laughs> oh, you are. You may not know it yet, but you are. If you're in Jesus, guess what? You are free. Sometimes it takes a while to work what's inside out. That's why the Bible says, work out your salvation. See, you got to work out what God has put on the inside. You draw it out. Every one of us, oh my God, every one of us has rivers of living water flowing through us. 
These guys are riding these bicycles. You guys, every state you go to, there is something that God has put on the inside of you that He wants to draw out. And you're going to touch people. People will hear you. People will listen to you. You'll, you'll encounter people that, that none of us will ever have a chance to minister to because God has put something on the inside of you. Oh, glory to God. It's an inside job. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's an inside job. God has put something on the inside of us, and He's going to draw it out. And it's in you. And I know some of you think, well, I don't know. Yes, it's in you. You begin, listen, you begin to acknowledge it. As you begin to acknowledge it, it stirs up and it's drawn out by the Spirit of God at just the right time that you need it. Somebody say that's good preaching, Brother Scotty. Praise the Lord. Well, I tell you what. You know, you can see, you can see how, how God wants to set us free. And you know, if you go back to the Old Covenant, I'm not to the notes yet. If you go back to the Old Covenant, you find out that even as you look at Pharaoh and Moses, a, a, a perfect type, an example of how the enemy wants to keep God's people in bondage. And Pete, there are times, just like you talked about this morning, that we have to rise up in the Spirit. And we have to get more aggressive than the devil is. We have to suddenly begin to realize, my God, God's given me some promises. God has spoken some things to my heart. And I'm going to hold on to those. And I'm going to release those. And I'm going to stir those promises up in my life. Just like Moses went and stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. How many of you know Pharaoh didn't want to give up the territory he had already, I mean, that was his. They had been, they were, some of them were entrenched in it. And some of the people didn't even feel comfortable. Sometimes freedom can be frightening. Ooh, come on. Everybody hear me now. Sometimes we can get comfortable with our phobias. We can get, we can get comfortable with where we are. We can get comfortable. It feels safe. You know why it feels safe? Sometimes it can feel safe because we've been there too long. But I tell you this, I'm not going to stay in jail when Jesus has said, go into all the world. The world is available to those who will realize that Jesus came to cause us to have a jailbreak. And I'm not going to do what the children of Israel did. They limited God. I want you to say with me this morning, we will not. I will not. Limit God. Oh, no, we're not going to have that small thinking. We're going to believe God, sister. We're going to, we're going to let God be God. Praise the Lord. So, glory be to God. Now, let's see. I think we're about ready to get to your notes. Hallelujah. And then we're going to have communion here. But, you know. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus said, because He's anointed me. And watch this. Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the good news. Thank God. The, you know, the scribes and Pharisees, they didn't preach good news. They didn't understand righteousness. They didn't understand grace. But Jesus came preaching good news. Everybody say good news. The gospel is good news. You know what the gospel is? God loves you. God has made a way for you. God has provided redemption through Jesus. That is the gospel. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Pete, to preach the good news. And not only for you, but for your household. Oh, your sons and your daughters, the family that you're believing for. That is the true gospel. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. First of all, He said, to the poor. 
Thank God for those who minister to the poor. That ought to be something that we ought to, we ought to be doing. And by the way, let me just say this. Everybody look up here just a moment. The Bible is not against you having money. But it does speak about money having you. Say, I love you, Brother Scotty. God wants to bless us to be a And that is part of the gift. That is, that is, as God gets it through us, we're able to be a blessing. And so we are, we're always looking for ways that we can minister to the poor, that we can reach out to the hurting, that we can, listen, by the way, and somebody said, well, I'm not rich. Let me tell you something. Uh, By the world standards, most of us, in fact, all of us in this room would be considered rich. When you look at the rest of the world and how the rest of the world has to live, I'm going to tell you, we're blessed. And whether or not it's money or not, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a rich man. You're a rich man and woman. You are, you are blessed because we are blessed in ways that money cannot buy. So Jesus said, preach the gospel to the poor. But you know, I have to say this also when we're talking about this. God is a God of increase. Now, you, you can't outgive him. I mean, when you sow, he says, I'm going to give seed to the sower. He said, I'm going to give bread to the eater. I'm going to take care of you. God is a God of increase. And so our lives should be marked by increase. When you walk with the Lord, that is a, and listen, it is not what you seek. Watch this. It is a byproduct. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these. Th- and by the way, let me just say this. We were on this recent trip not long ago, and I had some time to meditate because you know how it is. You're upside down, and you're up half the night, and boy, you got time to pray and get <laughs> all kind of stuff. And I got to thinking, boy, you know, people quote that verse that I just quoted. They leave, a lot of them leave the heart of it out. They're like, oh, brother, let me tell you something. Put God first. Seek God first, and all these things will be added unto you. That's not what that verse said. It said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When you have an understanding of God's righteousness, when you have an understanding of His imputed righteousness, not by my works, it totally changes everything about your understanding. God is a God of increase, and it is a byproduct of simply realizing that God, through Jesus, has provided everything I need, spirit, soul, and body. A revelation of that will bring increase to your life. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, God's bringing increase to our lives. God's bringing increase to our lives. God's bringing increase to your life. When you have a revelation of that, it changes everything. That, listen, that is the good news to the poor. You know, you know what? If I was a poor man, you know what the good news would be to me? I ain't got to be poor no more. <laughs> Now, of course, it's spirit, soul, and body. I realize that. But what I'm saying, man, God is a God of increase, and God is a God of blessing. And I tell you what, and I realize it's, it's relative, but you know what? It's amazing, Sister Herminia, as we have gone to the mission fields of the world, as, as we have seen 
the men and women of God who have embraced the truth, that it changes their life and it changes their lifestyle. Their lives are blessed. That is the gospel to the poor. And I tell you, we have a heart for the poor in this house, and we always will. We're going to preach to the poor. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The breath, the wind, the life-creating inspiration. That's the Spirit of God, the the pneuma, ah, the breath of God. Jesus said, that Spirit is on me. It's in me. And where, listen, where Jesus' anointing is, there is creativity. Man, I didn't mean to preach all this. We've got to have communion and pray for people here in just a minute. The Spirit is in you. It's around you. It's through you. The anointing, that's that fresh touch of God upon our lives. It is divine influence upon our human weakness. It is the divine power, the grace of God, enablement that goes beyond our human capability that enables us, that anointing of God that was on Jesus is in us, and it enables us to do what we could not do in the natural. But here is the revelation that most people miss, Daryl. Here's where, here's where most people miss it. Most people would think, oh, I should not say I'm anointed. Well, when you don't agree with that, you're not agreeing with the Word of God. Because under the Old Testament, the anointing was for prophets. It was for priests. It was for kings. But the New Testament anointing is for every believer. Amen. Now, this is going to be hard for some of you to say. You're going to have to squirm to do it. But I want you to say right now, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Say it again. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. You have an... You, I just don't believe that. Well, what does the Bible say? 1 John 2.20 says this, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And in verse 27 of that same chapter, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing is not just for preachers. It's not just for teachers. It's just not just for those on TV. I'm telling you, the anointing of God is for every believer. And if you are a believer in this house, you have an anointing, you have a grace, you have a gift from God, you have the power of God living on the inside of you, you are anointed. All of our gifts may be different, the manifestations may be different, but in some way, somehow, you have an anointing. You know, there are people that are anointed to do this stuff on the, on the stage like this. I'm not. I promise you I'm not anointed to do that. But there are people who are anointed to do that. There were people who were anointed to build the temple, who, who were anointed to construct it. Don't feel like because you don't preach that you don't have an anointing. You have an anointing. Oh, some of you are not getting a hold of this. I wish this would rise up on the inside of you because it will change your perspective. Whatever the need is that you're facing at that time. Whether it's to lay hands on somebody who needs healing, whether it's to lay hands on somebody who needs deliverance, you have an anointing from God that abides on the inside of you if you're a believer. And you don't have to come to church to get it. It's on the inside of you. One more time, say, I am anointed. There was a six-fold anointing that Jesus talked about, and I'm going to try to just run through these real quickly because we want to receive communion, and I want us to pray for some people today. He said, first of all, we're, we're going to preach the gospel to the poor. We've talked about that a, li- a little bit. But you know, that can mean more than physical poorness. People whose life is empty and limited. 
Preach the gospel to those whose life is limited with inability. The oppressed, the wretched, the miserable, the financially poor, the situationally poor, the socially poor, those who are limited because of the effects of drugs and alcohol and disease, or the spiritually poor. Listen, those who don't have a revelation of God's grace and a revelation of God's goodness, we're anointed. Jesus said, I am anointed to bring the good news to them. And that good news is you're forgiven. That good news is your love. That good news is Jesus took the curse. Man, we sang about it this morning. For the curse, you're the cure. For, the, for every sickness, you're the healer. My God, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's who he is. Number two, he said, I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. That's the broken and the wounded, those who have been crushed, those who have experienced rejection, which a lot of times, listen, when you experience rejection, you have got to resist the impulse for isolation. You'll never get better remaining isolated. You've got to be willing to let the anointing that Jesus has set you free. You've got to resist that. Jesus is anointed to unbind you and to heal your brokenness. Whatever it is, the wounds, the emotions that you shut down, I'm telling you, Jesus is here today to heal that. Number three, he's here today to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's people whose lives are, con are, are conquered. We are supposed to be more than conquerors, not be conquered. Come on, good gracious alive. I said we're supposed to be more than conquerors, not conquered. Some of us are so burdened down, we're carrying stuff around on the inside of us that are weighting us down. You know, some of us, it's like we're trying to run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, carrying a big old heavy suitcase. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. I've run two, I've done two marathons. There's no way you're going to finish a marathon carrying a 50-pound bag around with you. And if you did, by the time you got finished, you would be in bad shape. Well, a lot of us are going through life dragging around a suitcase, listen, that Grandma packed, <laughs> Grandpa packed, Somebody back down there and packed it. For, you know what? We, uh, we just thought, well, man, they, Grandma and Grandpa packed it, so I reckon I better drag it around too. Jesus same, I said, I have come to set the captive free. I got news for you. It is time to unpack some of those bags you've been dragging around. It is time to get rid of some of that stuff, and I don't care if Grandma and Grandpa did do it. If it's not godly, get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a new, oh my God, I'm a new creation. Old things, all of that old stuff in my suitcase, has, I have gotten rid of it. And brother, I'll tell you, I want you to look at somebody right now and say, I'm traveling light. I'm traveling light. Real light. Man, I'm not going to drag all that old stuff around with me. It's time to get rid of it. Man, I'm not going to carry that, that stuff around that everybody thought, well, my Lord, they did it. Man, let me tell you something. It is a day of deliverance. Amen. More than conquerors. Proclaim liberty to the captive. You know, during the year of Jubilee, 
And a priest would blow that trumpet, blow that ram's horn. Man, and I love it when somebody can blow that thing, man, and it's saying, Stanley, you got yours with you this morning? Stand up and blow that thing. Are you warmed up enough yet? He's proclaiming liberty, freedom. All that excess junk we've been carrying around, Jesus said, it is time to get rid of it. Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. off. Whole lot of shaking going on. (laughs) Man, sometimes you got to have a spring cleaning. Man, get rid of that stuff that's holding you down. Quit dragging that stuff around with you that's weighting you down and beating you up. And causing your life to be hindered. Run your race, glory to God, with that energy and with the freedom that God has given us. Knowing that Jesus is the burden bearer. He came to set us free from our burdens. Not to burden us down with a bunch of religious rules and regulations. (laughs) Whoa, my God. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God He is. He loves you with an everlasting love. Not only that, he said the recovery of sight to the blind. All right, I'll wrap this up. People who, have, people who have lost their dreams and visions. If you have lost your dream and your vision, if you don't have something stirring on the inside of you, Jesus said, I am come to restore that. I've got an anointing for that, he said. To, to, to see again the recovery of sight. God is creating within you and me, watch this, an appetite for a better dream, a higher dream, a new dream. We're not going to quit and we're not going to give up. He is setting the stage. He is is opening our eyes to see what's this, what's in the future. And I am prophesying over you this morning. I want you to say right now, even before I say it, I receive it. Say, I receive it. I I say to you this morning that your future is full of supernatural help. Your future is full of supernatural help. Your future is full of supernatural provision. Amen, amen. See, where God gives a vision, He has provision. (laughs) Oh, your future is full of supernatural help. Your future is full of supernatural provision. Your future is full of miracles. And your future is full of good surprises. I want you to prophesy with me this morning. I want you to say the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. <laughs> oh my God. And that means your kids at the altars worshiping God. Your children serving God. Your children declaring the glory of God. This service today was put together supernaturally by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. That's the kind of future we're going to have. A future that is in the hands of God. And when it's in God's hands, it's going to be not natural. It's going to be supernatural. <laughs> supernatural. Oh, I, you know what? We've got to say this. Say it with me. My future, My future is, filled is filled with supernatural favor. Say it this way. My future, My future is, filled is filled with supernatural blessing. With supernatural You know what it means to bless? To bless means to empower, to succeed. 
What did God do in Genesis when he created Adam and Eve? First thing he did was this. He said he blessed them. To bless means to empower, to succeed. See, man, I spend my, man, I bless my kids. I have blessed my kids for years. We speak blessing over my kids, over my grandkids. Bless your children. Speak blessing over them. Uh, Release the blessing of the Lord into their lives. That's a supernatural empowerment to succeed in whatever they put their hand to do as they follow God. I want you to say with me this morning, I am blessed and I am a blessing. Not only that, he said, I'm going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. When you get tired and depressed and oppressed and without strength and your energy's worn out, this can mean sadness, heaviness, darkness, emptiness, hopelessness, dis- hopelessness despair, isolation, negative thoughts. In Isaiah 58, 6, he says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to undo the heavy burdens? Let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. I want you to shout freedom in this house. Not only that, but he said it is, I am anointed, Jesus said, and you're anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that is for people who don't believe it's their time. Acceptable means to accept, decide favorably. Pleasing, welcome, divine, approval, a time in which God has pleasure, in which He Himself has chosen. And here is the truth of it all. Jesus took the curse of the law so we could walk in the blessing of the Lord. Jesus took the curse of the law so we could walk in the blessing of the Lord. Look at your neighbor right now and say, man, that's a good deal. We've already said bless means to empower to succeed, to succeed. And I know somebody, and when you have to be careful when you get to this and like, well, you know, our timing, and I realize that. Yeah, I know God's got a timing, but let me tell you what. A lot of times what you can do is you can just keep putting something off and keep putting something off and keep putting something off when it's time to rise up and, and claim the promise that now is the acceptable time. Watch this in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. What's this? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I want you to say with me right now, and I want you to prophetically declare it like you mean it. This is my day. This is my time. This is my season. I'm going to tell you, we're getting ready to enter September. And I am, I am just speaking prophetically over us and over you. That September is going to be a time of birthing of those things that have been in labor pains from the past. Ooh, I feel somebody getting a hold of that right now, man. You can feel, you know, when I'm up here and I'm preaching, I can feel when somebody gets it. They grab a hold of it. Some of you have been going through labor pains. And I got a revel, I got a word for you. Being in labor pains for 12 months is not right. It is not normal. It is not natural. It is time for that baby to be born. I declare in Jesus' name, it is your season of birth. And September, I'm prophesying, is going to break a breaking forth, a birthing, a new season of the promises of God that have been in the womb. And I am declaring, it is your season of deliverance. Somebody say, I'm free. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. 
If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.